Today, Elon Musk faces backlash for tweeting a conspiracy theory about Paul Pelosi. Democrats try to distract from crime ahead of midterms. And a satanic temple gave unbaptisms this past weekend in Texas. Whew, we've got all of that and more coming up, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. Happy Halloween. I am Sarah Gonzalez and today's episode is brought to you by Healthy Cell. They've got a bunch of uh, really great supplements to help you with. They've got a general multivitamin, but they've also got some for sleep, focus, whatever you need. They're amazing. My whole family uses them every day. You can go to HealthyCell.com slash news. Use code news to get 20% off of your first order. That is HealthyCellCell.com slash news. I am joined today by Stupergear, host of Stu Does America, <laughs> which you should be subscribed to on YouTube and uh, make sure you're watching uh, Blaze TV as well. Watch a double. I would agree. And I should uh, apologize. I know you'd mentioned potentially wearing a costume today. I was unable to get one, so I had to wear my normal clothes. <laughs> uh, but I hope this is okay. I mean, it kind of pisses me off, yeah, no, but I, I guess. I know. I, I apologize, <laughs> as I said. Also joined by Paige Willie. She is host of This Is Your Country, um, who is also... A cute little kitty cat. I am not in costume. I identify as a cat. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So I want to get to all of this Paul Pelosi stuff because on Friday, you know, it's still kind of news is still coming out, breaking, uh, trickling down. And so we talked about it. But over the weekend, I'd say that the time uh, we've had enough time for the dust to settle. But actually, there's just more questions than there were than there were on Friday. I guess that's just the way it works now. So um, on Saturday, Hillary Clinton tweeted about Paul Pelosi's attacker, saying the Republican Party and its mouthpieces now regularly spread hate and deranged conspiracy theories. It is shocking, but not surprising that violence is the result. As citizens, we must hold them accountable for their words and the actions that follow. And of course, with that, she attached uh, a link to an L.A. Times piece titled Accused Pelosi Attacker David DePap Spread QAnon Other Far-Right Bigoted Conspiracies. So this particular article, you know, trying to paint him as this QAnon right-wing nutjob, far-right conspiracy theorist. Uh, he used 4chan. He denied the Holocaust. He questioned the COVID vaccines. Um, and so in a now-deleted tweet, which is interesting because you don't really consider Elon Musk being the type to like actually go and delete his tweets, but um, he replied with an article from the Santa Monica Observer that claimed that uh, Nancy Pelosi had brought David DePap home, from, uh, home with him from a local gay bar. And Elon wrote, there is a tiny possibility there might be more to this story than meets the eye. So now they're saying uh, this is this is false. It's been denied by local police, uh, which is maybe why he deleted it. I still thought it was a really fun tweet and he should have left it up because who was going to punish him? Him? (laughs) (laughs) Just leave it up. Who cares? But um, so, you know, they're trying to paint him as this right wing crazy nut job. Although I will just say his house looks not how you would think that a MAGA, ultra MAGA Republican's house would look like. They, uh, there's a nice little gay, gay pride flag. And in the window, you can see it says Black Lives Matter. Um, not where you would uh, think it's a United Against Hate sign. And I will just say, I have not been able to vet all of this yet, but there were some um, there was some speculation that these websites that are purportedly belonging to him were either very quickly 
started or all of a sudden all of these weird QAnon <clears throat> blogs were written in the last couple of weeks, whereas he has a history of being like a, a weird nudist hemp jewelry maker, who, again, you wouldn't really think it, like was going to wear the red hat and go to a Trump rally. Yeah, there's not a lot there to support that. I mean, it's funny because, of course, the first thing we have to do is jump to conclusions immediately and have <laughs> yeah. all the answers before any of the information comes out. That's, of course, what has to happen with the media. But this is specifically designed to fit a narrative, right? This narrative is we are eight days before this election, yeah. and we are in what I like to call the Hunter Biden window, where it doesn't matter what news comes out, they will not let it screw up this narrative mm -hmm. this close to the election. We may very well find out six months from now, a year from now, that these blogs were changed or that any number of these kind of uh, details may wind up being true. What we do know about him, though, is he obviously is not a this is not a pure case of what they want, right? They want it to be some right-wing proud boy who came in to go, I can't believe I'm making these points on this stupid hat. This right -wing, <laughs> I just so realized true. how dumb this must look. Um, you know, they want it to be this right-wing proud boy, MAGA, you know, person who came in to do this because they hate Democrats and they, they want that to be the truth. Yeah. It complicates it because, of course, of his history, where he's obviously been a left-winger. Um, Michael Schellenberger, thankfully, went out to these areas and ha actually talked to the neighbors, did some journalism, didn't just l search uh, you know, for, uh, on Facebook to see who he was liking uh, in his posts, went to the area, talked to the people, and they said he's left-wing. Mm -hmm. This is a left-wing, you know, he, but he's all over the place, and he was crazy. And I think, fundamentally, I'm not going to sit back and say that I think this was some sort of left-wing extremist political attack. Right. I think what it was is a very crazy person who's been on drugs for a very long time, whose mind has exploded long ago, and is doing something crazy, and who, someone who has not been helped by the policies of people like Nancy mm -hmm. Pelosi, someone who's been left to rot for decades and left in this position where they might do something crazy like this. So I don't think it's you know some left-wing thing. It's certainly not some right-wing uh, uh, you know, attack that they want to use to further the election. But I can tell you this, if there are details that show that he was definitely not a right-wing hack, you will not hear them before next Tuesday. Right. It will absolutely <laughs> not occur. Wednesday, free-for-all. Tuesday, no. Yeah, yeah, Paige. I couldn't have said it better myself. I think that there is a really big problem with untreated psychotics, untreated schizophrenics in this country, where they have been in many times uh, places in blue cities, they discourage institutionalization, they discourage policies that really would help these people instead of leaving them to be sort of further destabilized by whatever they encounter, whether it's drug activity or even in some cases, you see a lot of these people who have committed really gruesome atrocities, like the Uvalde shooter, who was a known, very unstable person, um, radicalized likely online by even government elements. And so there are a lot of concerns that Americans have about people who are totally unstable being further destabilized by this highly polarized uh, political discourse where people who are not well interpret these signals as things that they're supposed to be doing about it because they're radicalized in a way by it. And even the um, the man who was an alleged Bernie Sanders uh, supporter who committed that horrific congressional baseball practice shooting. These are these are serious problems and they, they want to act as though, you know, run of the mill Trump voters are the ones committing these out, outlandish atrocities being activated by the political discourse when in fact it's many times it's people who really need help and they're inflamed mm -hmm. by some of these radical things that you could hear even on MSNBC. So I think that it's it's important to note, you know, the, there are there is, you know, I'll just get into one of the crazy conspiracy theories is that 
Paul Pelosi. This was Paul Pelosi and uh, David DePap in like some sort of a lover's quarrel, right? So again, this is just, this is alleged. This is what one of the rumors is. And, and, you, and you watch that transpire and you go, this seems crazy. And then you're like, no, this is actually the exact product of the left-wing media constantly lying to you, constantly covering for the Democrats to such a point where you're like, I don't believe anything you guys say anymore. I want to try to put the pieces together myself. And then you get these conspiracy theories, right? But I mean, let's think about all of the things that they've said over the last 48, 72 hours that they've contradicted. First, they, they said that there were three people in the house. There was another person, right? Now they've since backtracked and said there were not actually three people. There was not another person. Um, you know, they're talking about, uh, we heard that there was a reporting person who was allegedly Paul Pelosi, who said that this guy is a friend and he's here. I don't know who he is, but he's a friend. He's here for my wife. Um, you have the, the police officers actually, here's some aerial footage from the home. You know, they talked about the door being broken, but if you notice the glass is on the outside, not the inside, which I don't think typically would be indicative of someone entering through the outside. Um, so it, there's just all of these things, these pieces that don't make sense. So with all that being said, and kind of the context of it, um, some of this rumor does stem from one of the, uh, one of the calls that they found a 911 call that Paul Pelosi made. So the 911 dispatcher who was talking to the police after that call was made said that Pelosi seemed confused. Pelosi said he didn't know DePat, but also he said that he was a friend. Um, so let's listen to some of that. Northern four car, a priority 910-2640 Broadway across of Scott and Normandy. Hey, 14 hour copy. RP stated that there's a male in the home and that he's going to wait for his wife. RP stated that he doesn't know who the male is, but he advised that his name is David and that he is a friend. RP sounded somewhat confused. Is a friend. So, I mean, that could lend to the other article that we saw, which was uh, he put the phone on, called 911 sort of discreetly, uh, was speaking in code, was what the article, one of the articles said, he's speaking in code because, you know, he clearly wants to uh, portray to the dispatcher that there's a problem. But then you listen to the dispatch and it's like, you feel like the dispatcher would have been like, hey, this is what they were saying. I don't like they wouldn't respond. It sounds weird. Someone should go check it out. I don't know. But my point is the, the media has made it so that we have to question everything because even with these blogs, it's like, why can't I see the blog? Why don't I have access to the blog? Why did you guys take it down? Who gets to be the police of who gets this information handed to them and who get, like who gets to see it and who doesn't? I have some questions because I don't trust you guys. You haven't properly vetted anything. And I want to see for myself. I did FOIA all of these. I went on and Did FOIA. you really? Yeah, I mean, they're not going to give it to me. But <laughs> I. Well, they will in like 2085. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Well, it's Completely funny. redacted. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's funny. So, so I submitted a FOIA for, I submitted a FOIA for the 911 call. I submitted the body cam footage. I submitted the, the actual police report and any internal emails involving this. And I followed up with a phone call this morning because, you know, they they're, they take off the media relations unit takes off at Friday, Friday at five or whatever. And so I called again this morning and um, they were not thrilled to talk with me. No, it felt like. No, they, <laughs> You're delightful. yeah. And they didn't give me any sort of indication mm. when my request would be processed, how long <laughs> it would take. They just said, well, this, this is an open investigation, so um, we can't give that out right now. Yeah. And I course. was like, well, OK, that's that's totally fine. Got it. So what is the timeline? And she was like. 
I'm not a public information officer. I don't know, but we're really swamped with this, so uh, I'm just not really sure. Yeah. Like, <laughs> all right, there, cupcake. But I uh, presume it will not be before, as Stu pointed out, the November eighth uh, election. Yeah, and that's what this really boils down to. Yeah. I mean, like, we don't want to get out ahead of the facts. The left does this all the time. We don't want to be part of that, obviously. And I think there's this this idea that we have to have every answer about this right now. We really don't, right? The only reason this is an issue right now, past the point of Paul Pelosi, seeming like he's going to fully recover, which is obviously what we all root for here, past the, the, the part of, of the actual human consequence of, of, of a break-in, the only thing that matters about this story is how the media is going to treat it between now and Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we have nothing to gain from this, right? Like Republicans have nothing to gain. Conservatives have nothing to gain from this. We're not saying the left is doing it. They are saying it. And so we, knew, we do need access to these things to be able to disprove their case. Mm-hmm. The, the, fa- the Facebook thing and, and all these websites are a great example of this. Many sites, uh, news organizations are reporting that our own Glenn Beck was liked <coughs> by uh, this particular uh, nut job. Yeah. Uh, along with places like the Daily Wire and Jordan Peterson and all sorts of various right-wing mm-hmm. figures. Show me. Uh, yeah, I mean, at the very least, this information should be handed over to conservative media sources mm-hmm. so that we can sort through it and say, wait a minute, either you're totally right, he was a right-wing nut job, or, hey, what about all the stuff you're not highlighting? What about these left-wing organizations mm-hmm. you're not highlighting? This is not as pure a case as you're trying to make it seem. And I think that's their goal now. Their goal is to make this seem like it's a pure consequence. This ad against Nancy Pelosi leads to this consequence, and you must keep these people out of power in, uh, in eight days specifically, or we will get more of this. And without us being able, anybody else being able to actually see the facts, how can we possibly see if this is accurate? The only thing we can do is trust them. Yeah. People who we know right. have, it, have a specific uh, idea in mind, which is to crush the conservative uh, vote here in just eight days. So it's, it's a completely ridiculous way. And there's, I will also point out, in some of these cases, if a school shooter has a manifesto posted on his Facebook page and they're worried about copycats, okay, I can get it. I get it. You want to pull this down. I understand it. What on earth is the reasoning for pointing to, for pulling down what pages this guy likes? Right. There's no reason for this. This is just them hiding this information mm-hmm. from it. And I bet when your FOIA request comes through in 2085, we'll see that quite clearly. <laughs> um, I want to, uh, I want to uh, give you last word, Paige, but... I would also like to throw into the the conversation that just this afternoon, an ICE source apparently confirmed that uh, David DePap is here illegally on a, a visa overstay. From Canada. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's from Canada originally. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That's so a, illegal immigrants apparently <laughs> do commit yeah, crimes. Very unflattering mm-hmm. wrinkle for Democrats policy and yeah. Democrats policies. But uh, truly, they the media have so profoundly discredited themselves that it's very difficult for Americans to trust that they will give us the facts in an unbiased way. And of course, that, that's not news to anyone. Uh, <laughs> none of us at this table or anyone listening. But the fact is, one of the funniest things that they were saying was that Axios, the you know big uh, beltway gossip columnists, they were saying uh, this was very troubling because Elon Musk is this billionaire with a giant platform and he was sharing speculation about a big news story. And that is very, very dangerous (laughs) to do. And to me, the way they phrase that, they said he's sharing speculation. That sounds right out of these sort of like Chinese like PR people Mm -hmm. who tweet on behalf of the Chinese Mm -hmm. government that it's very dangerous for citizens to be sharing speculation. And what else are you supposed to do on social media? (laughs) Isn't that the point? (laughs) And especially when UFC 
seen, not to revert to these things where we really, we don't have all the answers, but we have seen what happened when the media was very reluctant to share details about someone like Ed Buck, the prominent Democratic donor, yeah. who would literally have dead bodies turn up in his apartment from men who he had hired to have sex with. It's all very degenerate. It's all very disgusting. And people have learned to be skeptical because you cannot trust them to be truthful with yeah. you. Yeah, amen. Um, all right. We've got to uh, take a quick break. We'll be back with more, but we want to thank our sponsor, Moink. So um, 60% of United States pork production actually comes from one company, and they're owned by the Chinese, and they give their hogs, they, like, dope them up with rectopamine, which is banned in 160 countries, um, including China, but you're going to find it in the meat in your grocery aisle every day. That's why you got to try Moink. They have grass-fed and grass-finished. They've got it all. They've got beef and lamb. They've got the pork. They've got chicken, wild-caught Alaskan salmon. They deliver it directly to your door. You're going to pick the meats that come in every box, so you will be assured that it is something that you are going to love. Plus, you can cancel anytime. Um, we are a huge fan of Moink in our household. Um, my two sons, let they just ate their bacon this morning. They're obsessed with everything that we get from Moink. And it's going to be cleaner. And you know that you are going to keep American farming going by signing up at moinkbox.com news. Right now, listeners of the show are getting free filet mignon in every order for a year. Guys, inflation is tough and meat is expensive. Take advantage of this deal. Get the free filet mignon when you go to moinkbox.com news. That is M-O-I-N-K box.com news. Yesterday on MSNBC, New York Governor Kathy Hochul claimed that Republicans are manipulating the public. Those pesky Republicans, again, manipulating the public into thinking that Democrat cities are not safe. Watch. Governor, these are master manipulators. They have this conspiracy going all across America to try and convince people that in Democratic states they're not as safe. Oh, well, no. guess what? They're also not only election deniers, they're data deniers. The data oh, shows no. that shootings and murders are down in our state by 15 percent, even in New York City, down 20 percent on Long Island, where Lee Zeldin comes from. Oh, OK. Mm. So I'm just curious what data she's <laughs> looking at, I don't know, everyone I hear from in New York City and just New York generally, uh, California, they're all pretty, pretty consistent that crime is like their top issue. Yeah, I mean, ask Lee Zeldin specifically. She uh -huh. brought him up there. Uh, he was almost stabbed on stage. Mm -hmm. uh, every, mm -hmm. you know, barely any coverage of that. Lots of coverage about Nancy Pelosi's husband being mm -hmm. attacked, which I agree deserves coverage. But so did Lee Zeldin's attack on stage uh, also, there's a shooting out in front of his house while his kids were home. Um, do you, okay, but hold on. Do you count that as crime? Uh, yeah, you know. Really? Yes. I'm going to okay. go with yes on this. Well, that, the data that she was reading may not have counted it as crime. May not have counted in her, in her data. It was, friendly, it was just friendly shooting. And like, like look, <laughs> as you know, I'm a, I'm a believer in the markets. Um, one of the things, one of the reasons why uh, this, this sort of line of attack from Republicans has worked which has been focusing on crime, particularly in blue states. It's worked so well keeping races like, you know, Michigan and New York and uh, Connecticut, uh, places in Rhode Island are competitive. The reason that's worked is because people know it's true, mm -hmm. right? They're terrified. They, they have dealt with crime in their own lives. And even if you want to, I mean, I, I don't know what numbers she's trying to pull from there, honestly. I mean, but 
even if she's I, maybe she's trying to say 21 to 2022 so far preliminary numbers. I don't know what she's trying to say. But well, that's I, why I'm like, are you taking like data from like yesterday and applying right. it? That's a broad brush. Like, what data are we talking about? Because we all know this has been widely covered by yes. every mainstream media source yes. that all these numbers are way, way, way up since COVID. I yeah. mean, I, you know, if like a better argument for them would be like, it's not our policies. Uh, when it comes to crime, it's our policy says it came to COVID. Like we, had, we did all these shutdowns and everybody freaked out. And yeah, we screwed that part up, but don't think about that anymore. Uh, think about uh, the crime aspect. I will say, like, this one of the things that's interesting about this election, and I, I didn't really internalize this until a couple weeks ago, but this is our first chance to say anything about COVID. Yes. This is our first opportunity. Unless you were in Virginia or New Jersey. Uh, you didn't really have a chance to say to your governor, hey, I liked or did not like what you guys did with my freedom uh, here for the last couple of years. And we're seeing that that's playing out. Places like Florida, Ron DeSantis, is winning by incredibly large margins, it looks like, in all of the polling, where places like, you know, Michigan and, uh, and New York and Connecticut and New Jersey we saw last year are much, much tighter than they should be in these bright blue states. You know, Zeldin has a real argument here. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, Hochul was part of an administration that killed tens of thousands of elderly people uh, with, when, under Andrew Cuomo when he forced them into nursing homes. We all know that uh, saga. That's still, I mean, Hochul wasn't at the top of the heap there, but she, it was her, you know, she was there for all of that. And she deserves to be punished politically for what she oversaw. Mm -hmm. This is a, a complete catastrophe. They took uh, the lives of people. They took their everything that they enjoyed away. They took the, the, the learning of their kids away. They punished so many uh, citizens in so many different ways. And the crime is just the latest wave of this. We're going to be paying for this forever. The inflation is part of this as well. It's all tied together and they do need to answer for it. And Next Tuesday is when they can. Mm -hmm. Amen, Paige. Well, and it's not just spontaneous crimes occurring. <laughs> this is the direct result, the direct consequence of their specific policies that are designed to put criminals back on the streets. Because yeah. as they say, we have an, uh, an over-incarceration problem. We need to decarcerate. We have too many people in prison. The clear uh, impact of those policies is that innocent people are getting hurt. Innocent people are losing their lives. Innocent people are not safe to commute to work on their subway. You have, you know, grandpas who are plumbers in Long Island sobbing on TV saying, I got attacked, I got pushed onto the, the tracks. And in all of these cases, when you read the news story, it's someone with like 15 priors who got released on parole. They got, you know, cashless bail. They, um, it was some felon who they put up in a hotel in the middle of Midtown because they didn't want them in the jails during COVID. So this is all the direct result of something that leaders have deliberately done to their own people. That is why I don't call it crime anymore. I call it systemic criminal supremacy. It is where the, <laughs> the rights and the privileges of people who are the most antisocial element among us who do things that hurt people are privileged above the rights of innocent, productive, law-abiding people to live safely in their own communities. So I, I completely agree. And I, I do think that it's important to point out that I, there are at least some Democrats who understand that they cannot continue with this defund the police, you know, uh, lax on crime uh, ideas because because look at where it's led and the public is overwhelming, overwhelmingly rejecting it. So in some cases, some circumstances, they're just outright lying and saying that they didn't support measures like that because during the debate yesterday over in Georgia, uh, Stacey Abrams actually claimed that she never believed in defunding the police. Obviously, that's not true. Back in 2020, uh, she told CNN, along with a ton of other news outlets, uh, that she did support some defunding to reallocate resources. Watch. 
I did not say, and nor do I believe in defunding the police. He is lying again. And I've never said that I believe in defunding the police. So yes to some defunding. We have to reallocate resources. So yes. Okay. Pretty clear. (laughs) Pretty clear there, Stace. Pretty clear. I mean, these people are... Kathy Hochul, Stacey Abrams, Gretchen Whitmer on her debate over in Michigan talking about, no, I I actually put kids back to school quicker than anyone else. I think that there are still schools out to this day. I mean, these people, these women specifically, it happens to be women, the men in the party do it too. They are just outright lying to the faces of the American people and they don't even care. It is really satisfying to see Stacey Abrams uh, have to deal with this sort of political consequence of all of her actions. You know, she was this big rising star. She lost a close election in Georgia. That's not supposed to happen. She didn't lose. She didn't say she lost. (laughs) She is the rightful governor. She is the rightful governor. Thank you. And she's kind of the incumbent in this race in in a way. (laughs) Uh, It's funny, though, because like the, the, the left... Uh, supported her throughout all of this election denialism. Uh, she was treated as a, a hero uh, and, and given credit really for the two races in Georgia that that led to all of this disaster over the past couple of years with no control of the Senate for Republicans when they lost both of those runoffs. And that was really, a, a, Stacey Abrams got the credit for that when in reality, of course, that was a, an artifact of what was going on at a much higher level mm-hmm. than Stacey Abrams. She, this was hers. You know, this was hers. This was supposed to be her job. All everyone she ever talked to told her this was her job. Not only that she won it last time, but now finally you'll she will be the rightful owner of the of this of this gig uh, in Georgia. And every poll has her down by much farther than she was before. Kemp is running very strongly in Georgia. In fact, running ahead of, of Herschel Walker, even in the Senate race. And it's like she's the problem. She's the problem on the ticket. And that is how it should be seen. There is some level of of uh, of solace to be taken in that, I think, you know, you can kind of step back and say, we all look at Stacey Abrams. We've listened to her. We've known she's nuts all this time. (laughs) We're not alone. Like the people of Georgia are looking at this the same way. And I realized I just said she was nuts and I'm wearing this particular outfit (laughs) and had less credibility than maybe I I thought. Still more credibility than Stacey Abrams. Okay, perfect. All right. Paige, last word. Well, they, I mean, one of the big problems in this election for the Democrats is that they will not take responsibility for the impact of their deliberate policies that are hurting people. And Mm. that's where you've got this problem. They will not even acknowledge we need to reduce crime. Criminals need to be in jail. If you ask them that point blank, I think they would give you some mealy mouth answer about, well, we need to rehabilitate. We need to address root causes. They cannot do the bare minimum that a, that is required of a leader. Take responsibility for the welfare of your people. Criminals need to be in jail. I don't think they'll even admit that. That's how you know that they, they're they not going to change. They're going to keep doing this to innocent people. Yeah. 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 Like, um, what did Kathy Hochul say at that at the last debate with Lee Zeldin when he called her on crime? She's like, I don't know why you care so much. I don't know why you're so, <laughs> why are focused, people on so crime? focused on criminals. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, I don't know. I, I yeah. would say that most citizens of your state probably care. It's hurting people. Just, yeah, just a guess. Uh, all right, we've got more to come. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Omega XL. So if you have reached the age where you wake up and you're just, you're in pain, maybe it's your knees, maybe it's your neck, maybe it's your back. But uh, when you're in pain, it affects like every facet of your life. You've got to try Omega XL. It's a natural, drug-free, fatty acid combination from the waters of New Zealand. And uh, not only is it natural, it has over 35 years of research behind it and millions of bottles sold. You know why? Because it works. It actually attacks the inflammation 
inflammation at the source of your pain. It addresses the root cause. So if you're like rubbing on a topical cream wherever you hurt, you're like, wow, that feels really oh, it feels icy and then it feels hot, that's cool, but then it goes away after 10 minutes and you are left in pain. Don't do that, try Omega XL. It is going to neutralize that inflammation and you could actually live a pain-free life, which we all know would be life-changing. So you gotta order a bottle of Omega XL now, get a second bottle for free over at omegaxl.com news. That is omegaxl.com news. Taylor Hansen, a good friend of the program, investigative journalist Taylor Hansen, attended the Pagan Pride Fest in Tyler, Texas. Now, for those of you who don't <laughs> know where, yeah, Tyler, Texas, yeah. not really the place you would expect a Pagan Pride Festival to be. Um, we're talking rural uh, Texas, e you know, East Texas, out in the country, Really, really great people. Uh, so this was this past weekend, and apparently while there, the Satanic Temple of Dallas-Fort Worth gave people unbaptisms. Let's, uh, yeah, so they are actually drawing an upside-down cross on people's foreheads and unbaptizing them because, you know, you don't want that pesky baptism coming around whenever you... I don't know, find yourself at the end of your life. So uh, after the unbaptism, a person could receive a certificate uh, memorializing the act if they paid $10. Now, I will say, that's quite the, uh, the business model. But um, it was interesting because Taylor, actually, I, I spoke with him earlier today when we were filming for Chad Show, and he said that um, you actually were able to purchase the unbaptism uh, certificate even if you didn't actually go through with the unbaptism process, it's almost like it was just a cash grab. I don't know. But uh, Taylor also interviewed, um, I don't really know what this is. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be a fairy. Uh, I don't know what that, I don't know. I'm just going to let you watch it. Go ahead. So what brings you out here today? Well, I was in the Feywild, and I found a fairy circle, and it led me here. And now there's a lot of people here that are casting spells and doing weird stuff. So that's what, your fairy circle you said brought you here? Can you, look, can you explain that a little bit to me? Well, you step inside, and if you touch the right fairy circle parts, then you come to a different dimension. Really? So what do you, uh, I see that you have some Christian protesters out here and some police now. I mean, what's going on here? Well, it looks like one group of cultists doesn't like the other cultists. Yeah, one group of cultists doesn't often. like the other. Yeah. <laughs> We have that a lot in the fairy circle. The winter courts don't like the summer courts. Oh, okay. So what, what more can you tell me about being a fairy? Or in the fairy circle? People keep on asking me if I have clothing on. It's very weird. If you're not wearing your skin on your outside, you're gross. Boy, time has not been kind to Shrek. That is not what you want to see. Um, I want to play one more clip for you. This is a, a mother and a daughter. They were asked why they attended this satanic event, and they, of course, just said to bother Christians. Watch. So what brings you out here today? To celebrate. What are you guys celebrating? I want to bother Christians. You want to what? I want to bother Christians. You want to bother Christians? Any individual reason why? Yes. Why? Yes. Yes? Because they pressure their beliefs on us. Like, we have to believe what they believe. Like, we have no rights to have our own beliefs. I, want, I, don't, I still don't know why they decided to come here. Yeah, are they just praying, or what's going on over here? They're rebuking us, basically. They're, Do you know why they feel the need to rebuke you guys? Because um, they think that we are dark because we are witches and that we don't believe in their God. Yeah, I mean, I would say that's 
it's pretty dark. Well, you, your face is covered in blood as you say that. You, <laughs> they think we're dark. Yeah, it's you like, know, I don't. There's some <laughs> reason to believe blood dripping off of your mouth. Mm-hmm. I would maybe call that dark. Yeah, I've, I've never understood this thing too of why people like Pendulette, who's a famous, uh, of course, magician, entertainer, and, and atheist mm-hmm. uh, or agnostic, if you will. Um, but he he was talking to us at one point, and, and someone um, he, he had a friend who was, uh, if I'm remembering the story exactly right, who was Christian, and was trying and uh, was it you know a very dedicated Christian, but was was friends with Penn. And at one point, he asked his friend, "Hey, how come you've never asked me to go to church, or never asked me to you know to for sal- to get, lead me to salvation?" And his his friend said, "Well, I, you know, you're you're like the most famous atheist in America, so I didn't think it was really worth it." And he's like, "That really hurts my feelings, you know." And I, Penn is you know a really smart guy, and he said, "Look, it, to a Christian person, whether you agree with him or not, the most important thing they can do is pray for you mm-hmm. and try to lead you to salvation. It's something that you would do as a as a as a, as a moment of kindness to someone you disagree with. You're trying to, you think they're eternally damned and you're trying to save them. Why wouldn't you do that to your friend, right? The same thing happens here. Like, I, whether you agree with a person who comes and prays at one of these things or not, you should be able to see that what they're trying to do is something they, found, that they find to be important and powerful and, and honestly nice, mm. right? A kind gesture. Even if that's all you recognize from it, you should still recognize that. Uh, but it does not seem possible. They just... I mean, the woman who says, I'm here to annoy Christians, is really the, the center of this. Like, do they believe any of this stuff? Do right. they actually care? No. Right. I mean, they just, it's just this way to irritate people they don't like, which mm-hmm. is the exact opposite of how you're supposed to be as a person. Yeah. How is this happening in Tyler, Texas? <laughs> I mean, when I see things like this, and I, I went to college with a lot of people like this, they're, they get a lot of self-gratification out of being sort of intentionally maladjusted and intentionally yeah. provocative. Yeah. And it's not really directed activity. It is designed to disturb. It is designed to provoke. And it's just a sort of self-centered vengeance against a society where they feel they can't succeed. And that's sad, but it's also, you know, if if you feel as though you can't succeed, I think a lot of people take it upon themselves in this country to say, hmm, maybe I need to engage in some self-improvement. I need right. to work harder at something. I need to improve some aspect of my life. But this is the type of person who just wants to take it out. They're vindictive. They're punitive. And Unfortunately, as we say, since they're they're buying these you know allegedly religious you know conversion right. certificates, even if they haven't gone through the <laughs> conversion <laughs> ceremony, it's clearly it's a souvenir of their provocative display. It's just it's silliness. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, to add to your point, like they all look the same. Yes. Why do they always look like this? Right. They look dead in their eyes. And it's like this self-mutilation. Mm-hmm. It's always women who've cut off all their hair, gotten mm-hmm. all these piercings, gained 200 pounds. Mm-hmm. Like, it is a form of self-loathing and self-mutilation that they inflict because they I, they feel some type of, you know, maladjustedness. And it, it's a sad thing. Yeah. You're nicer than I am. <laughs> like, I'm not, like, I'm not, I don't feel bad for you. I just want you to stop. That's where I'm at on it. I, I'm actually to the point, I don't care, I don't care what they do. I, I, I like, these people are trying to antagonize us, Yes, right? they are. So, That's right. you know, the best way to deal with that is to just not, not care about them. Now, you've done a lot of important work as you've gone to these places that are targeting children who right. don't have that choice. But, right. like, for idiots like that, 
I think it's a great thing for him to go out there and talk to them so we can see the absurdity of the yeah. moment. But, like, I'm not going to get worked up with people like that. Those no. Are, I mean, those are, that's what they want. That's You're what right. they want. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, all right. We've got more to come. First, we want to thank our sponsor, My Patriot Supply. So uh, you heard it from the president himself many months ago. There will be food shortages. You don't want to wait. So the thing about emergency food is that, like, you don't wait until the crisis hits because then you can't get it. And the rest of us who were smart and prepared are not going to have you over for dinner. I'm just saying. Is that rude? Hmm. Is that mean? I'm just saying. I went to my Patriot Supply, to preparewithnews.com, and I got the three-month emergency food kit from my Patriot Supply, and right now you can save $250 off of all of this. It's gonna get you breakfast, lunch, dinner, uh, drinks, you know, you'll have that over 2,000 calories for proper energy, and um, I'm just saying, they're giving you a good deal so that you can actually plan. That's why we're called preppers, because we prepare. And the thing about preppers is that we're going to be all nice, fat, and happy whenever the zombie apocalypse happens, and you're going to be skinny running for your life, okay? Um, don't be that person. Don't wait until the crisis hits. You can go to preparewithnews.com right now. Don't wait. Preparewithnews.com. In a recent interview, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was uh, talking to, I don't know, uh, Chris Hayes, Rachel Maddow. I get them confused, so I'm not sure which one this is. But uh, That's Chris she, Maddow there. It's Chris Maddow? That's Chris oh, okay, Maddow. good, mm-hmm. good. That, that, thank you, Sue. Mm-hmm. I, I always, God, I can't get it straight. Uh, so she was talking about inflation, rising inflation, and she actually claimed inflation. Inflation is not going up because of the government's policies, okay? It's going up because of a Wall Street watch. Our inflation is not going up due to government policies. Inflation is going up due to Wall Street decisions. Mm. I would love, I would have loved for Chris Maddow to (laughs) ask which particular Wall Street decisions that we're actually discussing here. Not not to correct you, that's Rachel Hayes. I'm sorry. Yeah. mm -hmm. Sorry. That that particular person is Rachel Hayes. That's fascinating. Well, you know, I, you hear a lot of AOC clips. You, you see her occasionally, but I, I don't know. Like, whenever I see her, one thing I always am blown away by is that she's really trying. Like, I, I look at her, like, she's really trying to understand that. She she can't, but she's like, that's not her just, like, you see, you see these people who have been in D.C. a long time, and they're just dead inside, and they're yeah. just trying to blurt out these talking points they've heard. She thinks this stuff is real. Yeah. Like, no, this she's is really like, passionate. Yeah. She uses her arms, her whole yeah. body. Yes. She really, really feels it. Yeah, she's like, you know, she, she speaks with the enthusiasm of, like, a teenager who just learned something. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's really, in some ways, it's, it's inspiring. In other ways, it's uh, the end of our civilization. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, you know. this would be really endearing if you weren't ruining our country. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you'd be like, aw. It's, it's, so like it's like the the high schooler that goes out and, and washes cars for a cause, and you yeah. just cheer them on, even if the cause doesn't mean anything. You're like, oh, they're getting involved. That's how I feel like when I'm when I watch her. She's like, she's really trying. She's out there giving it a whirl, and she'll, you know, with our luck, be probably president in 2028. So she, <laughs> or 2020. I think she's actually eligible in 2024, isn't she? I think yes, I read that. So. Yeah. yeah, we got a just couple years. Barely eligible, but yes, yes. A couple so weeks. So AOC odd. has this pattern of doing this type of gaslighting that is like so transparently. 
silly and false. And she did it the, the same thing with the issue of crime when you had people, you know, this big ep- epidemic of people in New York City, like, hopping the turnstile because they kind of, like, I think they, like, decriminalized that or something. And then they were looting all the Louis Vuitton stores and this, that, and the other. And she said, well, these are people who cannot even afford a loaf of bread for their children. And then you've got all these videos of people, you know, putting, like, <laughs> smashing the Rolex store. And it's like, okay, all right. Like, thank you so much. Like, she does not even respect the public enough to be frank with them about what's, what's happening, how the policies are involved. I mean, in that case, it was just, you know, it, it wasn't even, well, Wall Street's at fault here. It was, these people simply cannot even afford bread. As you see them, like, rack up their, like, yeah. you know. Well, to be fair, if they well, can't afford bread, they probably can't afford the Rolex either. So true. Right. So true. Which is why they're stealing Maybe it. they were getting the Louis Vuitton to carry the bread they were going to steal later. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, you got to have some. That's efficient. Because it's a lot easier to steal bread, right? Like, you could go into a grocery store and probably just, honestly, walk by, a, just take a, take a piece out, eat it right she, in the aisle. She was saying about the, the turnstile hoppers, you know, these are working moms. It's like, if you look at the surveillance footage, these are not <laughs> working, working moms. moms. You know, it's like 15-year-old kids who are supposed to be in school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Working what's, moms. What's going on here? Well, you know, what did she say that it was like, um, the facts don't matter when you're, I forget what it was, but she basically mm-hmm. was saying like, yeah, well, when you're trying to paint a narrative, you don't actually have to be accurate. <laughs> yeah, that, we've learned that many times <laughs> over. Said. It's fascinating, though. I mean, if you think about, because, you know, we go back a little bit of a ways to, talking about politics, you know, and for a long, long time, there was this debate between the left and the right where like the right would say you can't keep spending money like this because eventually you'll have these crazy problems. And the left would say, no, we can keep we, we can do this. And we get. And then there became this debate about MMT, like modern monetary theory, where like you're going to be able to spend f- until infinity, basically. And everyone kind of laughed it off. And then we as a country all decided to give it a whirl during COVID. Mm. We were all like, hey, let's just try this without thinking about it anymore and see what happens rarely do you get a resolution to that type of debate. Those things are, you know, they usually take a century to Mm. to play out. Mm. Instead, we learned exactly what happens in just a couple of years. Our entire, you know, uh, financial system is in the midst of being destroyed here. We've seen inflation go to levels that all of them said would never occur. Mm -hmm. They said it wasn't there. They said it was transitory. They said it was going away soon. They said all these things. And we're still at all of these high levels. The price is starting to be paid with this, but I don't mm-hmm. think it's over. Yeah. And, and, you know, crime, which has been kind of a theme in today's show as well, is another consequence of all of those actions. And yeah. we better recognize that. That's yeah. right. And, and one reason it's such a big issue in this election is inflation impoverishes people. It impoverishes people and makes their life very, very difficult. Elderly people on a fixed income, they're being interviewed saying, I'm only eating one meal a day. Uh, mm-hmm. Families who have, you know, the the, uh, the parents work, you know, hourly jobs. So they're budgeting very carefully. This is a very, very difficult time for them. And for politicians to be saying, um, you know, as AOC says, well, this is not a consequence of our policies. It's denialism all the way out. It's, it's very, very cruel and dismissive. And unfortunately, when you have inflation rising at this level, it is rising faster than wages, and people cannot afford things. And the the evil of this policy being inflicted on the public and Washington denying it as though it has nothing to do with the choices they made is really that type of thing, I think, is what's what's going to propel people to the polls. It, it's going to propel people to re- not forget what they did to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's hope so. Um, all right. We got to take a break. We'll be right back. CNBC journalist uh, Deirdre Bosa went to Twitter HQ on Friday where she met uh, two men holding boxes who claimed to be fired Twitter engineers. Uh, watch. Uh, the 
future of celebrity conservatorships? Like, uh, would I mean, Britney happen? Michelle Obama wouldn't have happened. Yeah, Elon Musk and, uh, Twitter? I don't Elon know, Musk right? owned to be Twitter. a town square. You know, Obama in 2008 wouldn't have happened. Without uh, my like director, Elon Musk on Twitter. Twitter. You need free speech is when a public company in engineering. You know, a public owned dog. Um, not like one guy owning a company, you know. But <laughs> good point. I mean, I even own a Tesla, man. Like, I, I'm a big fan of like clean energy, climate change. She tweeted out, uh, "It's happening." Entire team of data engineers let go. These are two of them. She followed it up with, "They're visibly shaken." Daniel tells us he owns a Tesla and doesn't know how he's going to make his payments. And uh, soon after the story went viral, reports surfaced indicating they actually never worked at the company. They were just a couple of pranksters, and uh, one of them identified himself as Rahul Ligma, which I'm told is should have been indicative that perhaps something was wrong. <laughs> But the proper vetting wasn't done because it's CNBC. Yeah. 30 seconds, guys. Let's take it home. Uh, let liberals love stories of mass layoffs. This is what they always blame evil con you know, company owners for it. And there's always a place. You go to the company as everyone gets out and you can interview them. No one ever interviews them after they get a better job six months later. You know? <laughs> no one ever, there's no one there for that. And right. that's, uh, that's something that the, the media never includes in the story. Yeah, Paige, last word. And they never want to talk about how these employees felt entitled to disenfranchise half the country and mm. deplatform the sitting president. Absolutely. Paige Willie, this is your country. Stubergear, host of Stu Doesn't America. Thank you guys. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.